Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board. Monday, April 4th, NCAA tournament just about behind us. So what's the next big thing on the sports calendar? Well, you've got opening day a couple of days from now, and then a few weeks after that, the NFL Draft. That's right, over these next few weeks, we're going to be talking NFL Draft betting on Best on the Board. Michael Beller here with you, and I've got a familiar voice joining me once again. Haven't heard him since the end of the college football season, but he's been here all along. Long and now back on Best on the Board, Ari Wasserman. Ari, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well, man. Good to hear your voice again. Uh, it's been a, a long few months without football, but you know I love the draft, and I know that there are some people who have uh, mixed opinions about uh, how big of a loser you are to sit in front of the <laughs> TV and watch the whole draft, and uh, I uh, am fine being a loser. I, I find it very interesting um, and certainly fun to bet on, especially the first round stuff. So um, I'm really excited to get into it. And, you know, the thing is, is like, I'm not like you and most of our NFL writers where I can just sit back and be like, yeah, well, the Giants absolutely need a left guard. Like, I'm not I'm not there yet. But like, I think I know enough about the top tier teams in college mm-hmm. football to give an opinion about who is the best. And, you know, the one thing I'll say, and I don't know if you're with me on this, but the, the NFL draft process kind of annoys me. Because a lot of times I feel like there's too much emphasis like being put on all the ancillary bullcrap around it, like the uh-huh. combine. I'm not saying that testing isn't important or right. that running a 40 fast isn't important. But sometimes I feel like a pro day, if a quarterback makes a, a great throw, that like all of a sudden like it's like I feel like Zach Wilson got taken right behind Trevor Lawrence last year because he made an awesome throw at his pro day. And just like, was he the second best quarterback on the board last year? I mean, I don't think he was. So um, sometimes I just feel like we need to look at the tape and, you know, luckily for everybody listening to this podcast, I'm a big tape person. So, uh, you know, we can get into it. Let's get into it. I'm totally with you. Um, you know, I am. I, I sort of fall in, in in between where you know I'm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm much more of a of an NFL expert, but I don't necessarily put the emphasis on the combine that seems to be placed on so many uh, of these decisions. And so I'm with you. I think, you know, these guys just, you know, went through, you know, three, four, however many years of college they went through uh, playing game after game after game, actual on-field stuff. And I think that that's really where more of the emphasis should be placed. What's the saying, Mike? Is it, is it paralysis by analysis? I think that, that I think that, uh, you know, there's so much money at stake and there's so much stuff Mm -hmm. to break down that I, I think at times you can get lost in the, in the galaxy there of all the stuff floating around and sometimes all you got to do is just look right at the tape you know yep absolutely well let's do that let's look at that we've got a handful of things that we're going to dig through on this episode of best on the board and i want to start off ari with uh, with the quarterback question this is not necessarily uh the quarterback class uh, that we saw last year in terms of the fact that we knew trevor lawrence was going number one overall we didn't necessarily know zach wilson was going to be the second quarterback but we knew he was going to be a very high pick justin fields we knew he was going to be a very high pick we felt pretty good about the fact that we were going to have you know five quarterbacks taken in the first round this year not exactly the same the betting odds favor malik willis actually as the first quarterback selected over at betmgm he's at minus 200 Kenny Pickett plus 210, Matt Corral plus 1,000, Sam Howell plus 2,000, Desmond Ritter plus 3,000. That's just to be the first quarterback selected, but gives you an idea of who the top quarterbacks are in this year's draft class. Ari, if you are a quarterback needy team, who are you placing your focus on? Who do you think is the best quarterback in this draft? I mean, I feel like that if you're an NFL GM, you can't build a team without a quarterback mm-hmm. and sometimes I wonder like if you would just I would just I would draft a quarterback at every spot until I find one that I want to you know build my team around 
Um, and I know that sounds stupid, but like if I'm a team with two first round picks and an uncertainty at quarterback, I'd take both, you know, and just yeah. like, you know, try my, and I, I just don't know. It's just not as exciting this year because there aren't a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance in there. But I think Malik Willis is probably the, the person that I would take, you know, the most bang for my buck there in terms of, of upside potential. He's a six foot one, 220 pound athlete who can throw the ball out, out of the gym, uh, or out of the arena, or whatever you want to, however you want to put it. Like, uh, and he's just super athletic. I remember last year, uh, I went to the opening, which is a or the Elite Eleven, the the, the quarterback camp mm-hmm. uh, for high schoolers that you know all the five star prospects go to. And when I was like looked on the field, and I was like, who the hell is this guy wearing a tank top and was jacked and like looked like he'd been in the league for four years? And it was Malik Willis. And I was like, oh, okay, that guy is is built like an NFL quarterback already. And, you know, I think the problem with, you know, and I, I guess Trey Lance is able to escape it a little bit, is that these guys aren't on TV a lot when they're not in Power 5 schools. So people don't get to appreciate and watch them play as much mm-hmm. as, other, as other quarterbacks. And I do think pound for pound that Malik Willis is probably the best uh, the best quarterback in the draft this year. Does, he, does that mean he should be a top five pick? You know, you got to reach in the NFL. If there's a quarterback and you need one, you got to reach. Uh, I don't know if he's in the same galaxy as some of the guys from last year, but certainly the guy that I would I would choose if I were trying to build a, a roster around a quarterback. Yeah, it's interesting. You say should he be a top five pick? There's a bunch of teams in the top ten that are like, yeah, they could use a quarterback, but they could use something else. I mean, right off the right off the jump, Jacksonville obviously not going to take a quarterback. The Jets have the fourth pick; they're not going to take a quarterback. In between them, the Lions, like, yeah, they could use a quarterback, but you know, Jared Goff not necessarily going to jump at the opportunity to take a quarterback unless they're in love. Houston certainly could use a quarterback, but that team's got so many holes; they also probably not going to be in the market for one unless they're in love. Giants at five, no. Panthers at six, yes. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that are you know quarterback needy, but not necessarily going to just jump right at a quarterback even for some of the reasons that you said so it'll be interesting to see how these quarterbacks fall uh if Malik Willis is the guy who would be on the top of your quarterback board who who comes second because I think that maybe is where things are going to get interesting where teams could end up falling in love with someone similar to what the Jets did with Zach Wilson last year and you see a team saying you know Kenny Pickett is our guy Desmond Ritter is our guy who's that next quarterback for you yeah this is like really hard because um if you go look and see like who the first quarterback selected is Malik Willis is, is certainly the the overwhelming favorite at minus 200 at, at BetMGM but mm-hmm. then you've got a few guys that I mean I guess Kenny Pickett is is second on the list at plus 210 but like I I think I might if I were to bet on it probably would go Matt Corral at 10 to 1 or Desmond Ritter at 30 to 1 you know I I don't know it's funny because like a year ago um we all thought that Sam Howell would be the unquestionable number one pick in, in the draft this year and he's fallen you know out of the graces I think his size is a concern I think that the the lack of performance you know both as a team and personally for him last year is going to hurt him um, it's very hard and I'm not, I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm a talent evaluator but sometimes I look at a guy like Matt Corral um, who can just sling the ball around uh, and in the modern day of uh, you know quarterback of the NFL I think that's a very important thing and you know honestly if I were a GM I wouldn't draft Malik Willis number one. I would like wait to get Matt Corral in the twenties, you know, because I could mm-hmm. live with that a little bit easier. Um, yeah. You know, I, I personally just got done saying that I would take a quarterback uh, every spot if I were an NFL GM until I found one. But I also just don't know that like if you don't love somebody, if mm-hmm. you know, draft capital is really, really important. 
You know, a top five pick is a very, very important spot and a very valuable spot. And I just don't know that I would just reach. So like if I were, if it were me personally, I would take Matt Corral second, but I would try to get him in the twenties. Yeah, you take a look at really any mock draft out there and you're just going to see the top of the draft totally dominated by defensive players and linemen. It's going to be one of those sorts of years. Uh, could see the first you know, five picks of the draft to happen uh, without certainly without a skill player taken. And you'll probably see a lineman in there, but uh, it's going to be defense, defense, defense for the first half of the first round or so. But we do have some interesting wide receivers that I want to get to with you. So let's talk about these guys. Garrett Wilson favored to be the number one receiver taken at plus 110 at BetMGM. Right behind him, you find Drake London at plus 140. Then there's a bit of a drop. You get to Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave as that next group of guys, and then another drop again. So let's start with those first two guys, at least in terms of odds. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, who's your guy here and why? When you cover college football, you have to put yourself in a position where you are smart enough to analyze the game by splitting up who's a very good uh college player and who's going to be a better pro and I don't think that Garrett Wilson was the best college player two years ago like I think Devontae Smith was and you know clearly is a very good player now in the NFL and, and has a great future but I think the best pro prospect in college football receiving uh, the last two years has been Garrett Wilson I mean the way that he is polished from a, as a route runner he has impeccable hands. He's got insane measurables. Uh, he can track the ball well. Uh, he's a very reliable. I mean, you can just tell like there are certain, and I don't know if it's too simplistic and if you agree with me on this, Mike, but like there are certain ways that a, a college player can control their body and come down with a catch with their feet in bounds where you just look at him and say, you know what? That guy has a future in the league. You know, and Michael Thomas, I know in my past covering Ohio State was another person that really wasn't utilized that much in the in the college game. And I just said, look at this catch. That's exactly what you want to see out of an NFL receiver. I don't care what that guy does at the combine. Just watch that play. And, you know, I don't know what's going to be ahead of him for the rest of his career. But, you know, already I think that he proven that to be true. So to me, when you sent me these odds from BetMGM, the first thing that jumped out of me was you're going to get plus money with Garrett Wilson being the first receiver off the board. It's just like, I don't know for sure. Like we, we said before the show started, like NFL GMs get kind of wonky and, you know, I don't know, somebody will jump up like Kevin Costner did in that draft movie and take Drake London at number two because <laughs> he likes his family. But like to me, getting plus money that 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 uh, Garrett Wilson's the first receiver off the board seems to me like to be a, a screaming value play like that would be the, the pick of of the entire board for me. Mm hmm. Yeah, and what you know, what we have available right now is limited to what we're going to have you know three weeks from now when we are into draft week. Right now, we're mostly looking at in terms of bets that are available. You know, the top three overall picks, first player at each position, and a handful of over unders. And that's going to be the interesting one, I think, for wide receiver is when we start to get the over unders, the draft position over under come in mm -hmm. for some of these receivers because again, like that's you know we're good. Those guys are going to start getting into the mix when we get to like the late single digits eight. 9, 10, and then certainly by the time we're in picks, you know, 11, 12, early teens, like we're going to start seeing, you know, those receivers, Wilson, London, Williams, I think Olave could be in the mix there. That's when those guys are going to start coming off the board. So those draft position over-unders, not yet available except for the very, very high guys, but that's when things start to get interesting. You know what I love to do is I like to wait till draft day yeah. and just wait for Adam Schefter to be like, you know what? <laughs> I made I did this in the NBA draft with Woj and yeah. Schefter the last few years where he'll tweet out like at four o'clock uh, right before the draft starts, like right. 
team X is is targeting player X at spot eight, and I'll run over to my spot <laughs> and put the bet in because that's usually very reliable, and a lot of the times it hits. And then one time my bookie didn't want to pay me. I'm like, bro, the, the entire world of gambling is to <laughs> yeah. use as much resources as you can to make a bet correctly, uh-huh. and you're not going to take that away from me. So sometimes it's re- those draft positioning yeah. uh, bets are actually really good spots if you – you know, can get some of that draft information leaked to the day of the draft because it happens all the time, and then the books don't don't respond fast enough. Can only respond as fast as they can respond, right? I hit so my limit the- on two bets the last two years <laughs> on on players that one was the NBA draft, and it was some weird guy I've never heard of from Europe, and it was like he's getting taken at number seventeen, and his over under was twenty one. <laughs> I was like, okay, all of it, take yeah. it, and it nailed. Like it was Denny like of Deja, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the, what it was, but it was last like year that was about where he was taken. Yeah, uh, minus 160, which this is where they get you guys the juice. But, uh, you know, it, I, I do think that like if there was a prop bet for Drake London to be the third. Yeah. Like and you could get three to one or four to one, which I think would probably be the odds. I don't know. You tell me. Does that sound right? I think that would. Yeah, I think that would probably I'm just going by the math here. If Jameson Williams is seven to one, Traylon Burks is 10 to one and Olave is 16 to one to be the first receiver behind London at plus one. 40 I think you might four to one maybe sounds yeah four uh, to one I think that would be a good because I think somebody might jump in and you know Chris Olave ran a very very fast 40 yard dash at the combine so when it comes to um Drake London I don't know I I do think too like I wonder if playing at USC and and being in a different time zone uh kind of hinders our like perception of him a little bit because Mm -hmm. you know people didn't watch uh, USC as much as they watched uh, Alabama and Ohio sure. State the last few years, but sure, sure. you know I do think that that would be a pretty good value play because it wouldn't surprise me if Olave or Jamison went because Jamison Williams I don't know people I went to his high school when he was in high school and wrote a story about that guy he like was qualifying for the Olympics in in track like when he was seventeen years old so like that guy is fast as hell um, and I know there's injury concerns there after what happened in the championship game but man mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent I think that the over under for uh, receivers taken in the first round is five and a half, right? Yes. So, like, that's – I mean, there's a lot of talent in the first round, and when you start getting five and a half players that are first-round talents, you know, the order they come in, uh, come off the board can be very random. You know, we were wondering uh, aloud to ourselves before we got going here, like, if there were any mocks out there that had Drake London as the first receiver taken, and not only is there, it's right here at The Athletic. How about that? Bruce Feldman's got uh, got and uh, just published this morning. Uh, this morning being Monday, April fourth. He's got Drake London as the uh, first receiver taken. How about that? Bruce lives in Manhattan Beach, though, so you got to take that into account. <laughs> no, God, I mean, yeah, I mean, and listen, I would the love reason to live why in Manhattan he's, Beach. Yeah, no, he's he's got it made. I told him he's got the life that I want to live one day. Um, that's why it's one forty. Like yeah. it's not like it's like a huge dog. So like I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm just saying if you can get Garrett Wilson at even money or plus one ten. Like, usually with the juiced-out odds you get in these drafts, I mean, that's a pretty solid value play. Like, I, I, I took it. The second I yeah. saw that, I went to my book and took it. All right, all right. Let's, uh, so, so the first three picks in the draft, at least in terms of the betting odds, suggest that it is going to be Aiden Hutchinson, number one, and that's at minus 250 on BetMGM, so that's already three and a half weeks out, starting to feel a, a little bit locky. Then you've got Trayvon Walker uh, for the number two pick. He's at plus 250 there. And then the third overall pick gets us to uh, Ike McQuanu and Evan Neal. Those guys are uh, pretty short on the third on the line to be the uh, third overall pick. And then if you look at the first lineman selective, Quanu is at minus 165, Evan Neal's at plus 135. So it's never going to be perfectly coin flippy, but this is about as close to a coin flip as we'll see for a positional who goes first prop. 
Aquanu, Neil, who do you like here? Oh, my God. I'm such a Stars Matter snob. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. Did you see that Evan Neal video of him? I did not. Box jumping? I did not. There's a there's a video of Evan Neal, and I think the, the boxes were up four feet. And he oh jumped God. up and landed his left leg on the back box and his right leg on the front box. Oh and God. he is like the like quintessential SEC offensive lineman. And I think, you know, people look at these guys, and maybe not so much, but, you know, in the past – as these like big slobs in the front, you mm-hmm. know, that just like are huge and are hard to move and can, do you know how athletic you have to be to be an insane tackle in the NFL? Yeah. Like, yes. And, and the <laughs> players that, that Evan Neal has had to block and has blocked well throughout his entire career, both in practice every day, but also, you know, in games. Like, I, I think that if there's a coin flip there and I'm an NFL GM, I go for the, and then this is part of the reason why Alabama gets the best players in high school, because mm-hmm. you give them the Alabama, the Alabama bump and I, you know, they're both very good players. There's no question about it, but like, which one do I lean towards? Um, I think I would take the guy that's been battle tested at the higher level and the guy that has so much athleticism that he can run faster than most wide receivers at the D two level. So, I mean, this guy is a freak. He's a freak. Yeah. And, and you're getting the plus money on him. If you're, if you're going to the first lineman selected, if you don't want to mess around with that third overall pick, because as you said, like, Things can get crazy, and maybe there's a trade-up that we don't envision happening, and that that ends up uh, blowing things up for you. Maybe someone ends up falling in love with uh, or the with Kayvon Thibodeau again, and he jumps up into the top three. I mean, the uh, value with him is going to be insane. Yeah, well, the value with him is certainly going to be insane for whoever ends up landing him, and we can I definitely want to hit on that before we wrap up this episode. But Evan Neal, plus 135 to be the first lineman. So you're getting a little bit of plus money there, too, a little bit more than you're getting on Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I don't know. It's like betting on the draft is so hard because you don't know uh, exactly what the NFL GMs are going to, you know, fall in love with, and mm-hmm. you know if there's something that one does better than the other that you know you just don't see on film as a layman. You know, it, it's tough, but I do, I do think that like Evan Neal is going to be a Pro Bowler. So you know, yeah, I mean, plus money there. I mean, seems attractive to me. Yeah, definitely. And then Charles Cross coming in at uh, 14 to 1 to be the first lineman selected. So obviously way behind these two guys we're talking about here, but he's on an island in terms of odds. So that's another guy who it'll be very interesting to see what his positional uh, draft position over under ends up sitting at. It's those guys who are on those islands, on those odds islands, like Cross finds himself at 14 to 1 behind Neil and Aquanu. And then you've got Tyler Linderbaum as the next lineman as for first overall selection odds at 30 to 1. So Cross clearly on an island there. You mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. Someone's going to get some big value with him. A year ago at this time, we were thinking that, you know, maybe. What if I would have told you a year ago you'd get 30 to 1 (laughs) that he'd be the first pick? Yeah. Pretty crazy, right? I mean, I, I think everyone would have jumped on that at, at the time, but that's where we're at here with him. And even like, right, the first is there. Do we have? We do not have a. Yeah, dang, no. Right now, as of right now, we don't have like a first defensive player selected. Um, so that 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 would be. I mean, I would love. To I see mean, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the number one pick, though. Yeah, right? I know. So I, I mean, I'm not saying that I would bet that, but I would just love to see what his odds are. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, Aiden Hutchinson is minus two. Is it like? Is it? Is this like? Happen. Is it like? Are we at the point now where we're a few weeks away and it's just kind of like, that's it? Like, it's, is there any question or is it, it like over now? 
It doesn't seem like there's much of a question. Obviously, you know, we have three and a half weeks uh, of where this is just going to be talked to death. So maybe something happens in these next three and a half weeks where at least the betting becomes a little bit more interesting. But Aiden it, Hutchinson's an animal. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> like it doesn't seem like there's any question. Yeah. 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 Kayvon Thibodeau, though, I mean, I know he had some injury stuff, but man, that guy's a game wrecker. Yeah. And someone's going to get him at eight or something. And uh, so his over under is uh, positional over under is five and a half. With the under being under meaning, um, you know, yeah, five below. or lower, five, four, three, yeah. two, one, uh, a slight dog at plus one hundred five. So yeah, so it, it feels as though he's going to be in somewhere in that six to ten range. Yeah, yeah, someone's going to get him at eight, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good uh, smooth sailing for the whoever gets them. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a he's a dog. You know, it's interesting is to look at the teams. You know, we have the, the way that just right eight teams in the NFL do not have a first round pick this year because of uh, trades that they've made over the last few seasons. And that means that a handful of teams you know, have multiple first round picks. And some of them, you know, Jets, Eagles, Giants have multiple very high first round picks. So Don't the Giants have two in the top 10? The Giant, yeah. And the, see, the Jets have two in the top 10. Yeah, both of them do. Yeah, both of them do. So like, right, they could, they could package, like you could package two picks and someone who is desperate for an edge could jump up here and, and grab Thibodeau. It's like, there's gonna there's so many because of these teams those three teams especially there's gonna be so many options for would it be crazy if Trevor Lawrence usual. were in this draft? <laughs> yeah, like what teams with two picks? Like I don't I don't know if there's any player in this draft with the value that's falling. Like I mean Kyle Hamilton's out there. We didn't talk, like Garrett Wilson, Evan Neal. You know I don't know that there is a a player in this draft that is worth giving up two top two top ten picks for. Yeah. Because of, of the value you'll get with the two guys that you get at, at six and nine or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. it's it's a uh, there's a lot of I don't know that there's an absolute stud of the draft where it's like this is like the Trevor Lawrence year or the year of a player, but I do think that there is a ton of really really good players uh, you know out there that can change your change your uh, franchise. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it, it's fun. It, it's fun with all like it's nice to have the uncertainty back. And, you know, there's been so many years recently where we've had a lot of certainty toward the top of the draft, and you've had teams that haven't necessarily been able to be aggressive and make moves, and I feel like that's not the case this year, and so that's going to create some draft day chaos uh, that we haven't seen in a couple of seasons. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, there's nothing better than five quarterbacks being argued about uh, <laughs> as the, in the first round. Last year it was, quarter, it was like draft nirvana, but, yeah. you know, draft is always fun. Yeah. And we've got a lot to talk about on Best on the Board over these next three and a half weeks as we get ready for this NFL draft. So, Ari, I hope this is not, you know, hopefully you and I are doing this a couple of times before uh, the end of April arrives and we're talking about all these players. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, hit my NFL draft study and, you know, maybe we'll, uh, you know, come up with some of our favorite plays. But, buddy, I I love that Wilson play. Uh, You know, if you you take one thing away from, from the pod today is, you know, take that plus money. There it is. There it is, right? April 4th. Three and a half weeks out from the start of the draft, and we're already giving you some plays that we really like. Garrett Wilson first over. All well, what's receiver. yours? What's your favorite one? I'm still. I mean, I mean, right now I'm just going to tell you on Garrett Wilson. Send me the ticket. I will. <laughs> I absolutely will. I'm going to tell you. I've been. Yeah, you know, I've been. I've been neck deep in NCAA tournament here. I'm. I'm turning the page too. Yeah, I've, I've actually had a really good tournament. Football. Believe it or not, I believe it. You probably been listening to best on the board. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, I've been live betting the hell out of a lot of games, and it's been it's been great. So All right, well, let's get out of here on this. Then it's it's Monday uh, as you and I are recording this, at least. So Kansas minus four and a half, North Carolina one fifty two and a half. The total. What are you thinking? I 
have no idea, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the way that uh, the way that uh, North Carolina is playing mm-hmm. and getting points, you know, I, I I don't know, man. This this strikes me as a live a live scenario. It definitely uh, well. The, the yeah. main reason it feels like a live scenario to me is because you know we we know Armando Bacot is going to play, but that coming off the ankle injury in the win over Duke on Saturday, we're not exactly sure uh, how he's going to how well he's going to play. So I really want to see what his health situation looks like before we know how this game's going to go. So that's something. What side are you leaning? Um, well, so for actual betting, uh, you know, we have to talk about this right on this show. We got to be transparent. I'm not making any plays on this game because I have a Kansas plus 180 ticket to win the tournament. So I already have. I'm already on Kansas. Um, oh, gotcha. If I didn't already have that, I would actually probably lean Kansas. So if just, Kansas I, gets I up early, you get yourself a nice here. little medal there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Might, might. Uh, I'll definitely be looking for a, for a middle opportunity live. But uh, other than that, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be sitting on that Kansas 180 ticket that I bet like a week ago today when the uh, Final Four was set. All right. Well, good luck. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for you. All right. And good luck to everyone else out there who's got something going on that or is getting ready for NFL draft props. Again, we're going to be talking about that all day over these next few weeks. For Ari, I'm Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.